If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hello, it's Monday the 24th of July. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I've made it through the overnights to the early editions. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we scrabble through a pile of papers like a hedgehog furnishing its starter home. We scrumple up the bad takes, go big on the scoops, get excited by a great front page, roll up the rest and use it as a sofa. Remember, we're out mid-morning every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, so subscribe on your favourite podcast app and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Wish we weren't here. Raging forest fires force thousands of locals and holidaymakers to evacuate from roads. Green meanies. Political parties are rowing back from green policies. But why? And X marks the rot. Elon Musk is changing the Bluebird logo of Twitter into an X. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where all that fun flour makes a lovely loaf. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and here to join me is sketch writer for The Critic and extreme cricket disappointee, Robert Hutton. Hello, Rob. Hello. <laughs> and also with us is stand-up comedian and latitude deluge survivor, Athena Kublenu. Hello, Athena. Hello. So what have we got on the front pages today? Rob, what do you have? So um, the Sun and the Telegraph both lead on uh, the roads fires. The Sun has got run for your lives, roads, wildfire, hell, Brits escape inferno with seconds left. Um, and the Telegraph has gone pressure on travel firms to fly Britons out of Rhodes. The Times has got a picture of Rhodes, but it leads on a politics story, Tory retreat from green policies to woo voters. Slightly sober, but another dramatic picture. Athena, yeah. what do you have? Oh, this morning the Mail is leading with a story on Jeremy Hunt. I'm blessed my cancer was caught quickly. I mean we're grateful too like, yeah <laughs> what, what, you think we're that evil to be like well we're not no we're blessed too you know i think that's great news uh so that's good news um the star um another classic wait for the green man um porky brits get longer to waddle across the lights it's a fine line between fat phobia and wit um i'm still trying to find out trying to think about whether or not that's Cross the line or not. Uh, and the eye uh, is leading with Tories warned over fiddling with green policies while roads burns. That's pretty good, I have to say. Yes. That's a good one for the eye. Well done, the eye. So on almost every single front page today are the wildfires in roads. 
Forcing many people, locals and tourists alike, to evacuate hotels and homes. Greece has had to set up its biggest evacuation ever, moving at least 19,000 people by land and sea. So it is, I mean, it's hugely dramatic and the papers are kind of all, it's all over the papers and the pictures are amazing. Athena. So the interviews with the the British holidaymakers describe the situation where they're kind of enjoying themselves by the hotel pools with a cocktail. And then suddenly there's a warning and everyone's going, you have to evacuate in your bikinis without taking anything with you. Yeah, uh, people were saying they'd left their possessions in hotel rooms, hopefully not children. (laughs) Hopefully they collected everything. But yeah, it's it's, it's remarkable. Uh, Watching the news, you would think no one lives in roads. Is it it just like another, another... sort of an extension of Britain. I've just seen British <laughs> holidaymakers in airports and in sports halls going, this is terrible. It'd be nice to kind of get a real sense of the actual diversity of the island. Uh, but it is, it's remarkable. Um, half of me is slightly glad it's happening in a place we've heard of. So now we can start taking climate change seriously. <laughs> There's been a little, a slow reaction to climate change because a lot of, you know, when Pakistan flooded, a third of it underwater. We were like, okay, you know, and we got got back to our four by fours. So now it's starting to be close. It's a place where we go. It's a place where planes fly to and we get on those planes and we go off. Maybe we can start doing something, but it's not what you want when you, when you're trying to have a getaway for your summer holidays. They could have done this in term time, but, um, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, cli- the climate doesn't care, you know? Yeah. So there, there we go. But it's, it's remarkable. And I do hope everyone gets home safely, but it would be nice for the coverage to, to, tell us what's happening to everybody on the island and not just Geordies. Very difficult. I mean, and there's lots of amazingly dramatic stories and also kind of a lot of um, disorganisation. So, so you know, TUI and, and Jet2 were flying people in to their holidays and they were immediately being evacuated. Yes, yeah, so, 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 so I, I don't quite, I don't don't want to judge anyone. I don't quite understand why you're getting on that plane. Yeah. But, you know, I, it's, it, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All inclusive, Rob. Come on. You know, it's, like, it's on fire, but unlimited but scrambled it, eggs. You know? I, part of it is obviously reluctance of, of, of holiday companies to refund people. So you're in this sort of weird kind of face-off where they're saying, well, we're still flying the plane. And if you don't get on the plane, you lose your money. On the other hand, it's, yes. <laughs> it's on fire. I mean, these pictures, they're very stark pictures and they're, uh, they're juxtaposed, I mean, yesterday and today with several stories about green policies in the Conservatives and in the Labour. In Labour, Yesterday, there was Michael Gove on the front of the Telegraph saying net zero can't become a crusade. Uh, the Observer led on Sunak and Starmer warned, don't dump your green pledges. And on the front page of the Sunday Times, can't to rethink ULES after call from Starmer. And now today we have the Times kind of repeating this and also the Eyes excellent headline, which I'm just going to say again because it's so good. Tories warned over fiddling with green policies while roads burns well done the eye. So, Rob, what is happening here? Why are both Labour and the Tories deciding that green policies are bad? Right. So, obviously, there's a various bits of this. Part of the puzzle is that there, there has long been a bit of the Conservative Party that views climate change slightly in the way that it views COVID as being something that the Labour Party has made up in order to <laughs> oppress Conservative MPs. And... Uh, and so you've got the what's, the what's called the net zero scrutiny group, which like the it's going to do as much research into climate change as the European research group did into Europe. To give them their due, their point is our our voters are hard pressed, don't have very much money and don't want to sort of can't afford another 50 quid on their energy bills, reduce the climate change because they're already freezing. And after the year we've had, that's not a that's that that's a that's not a completely stupid point. 
the other bit of this, the presenting issue of this is Friday's by-elections and the result in Uxbridge, which was blamed um, by all sides on the ultra-low emission zone, ULES, which pedant's point is actually a health policy, not a climate change policy, but it's about cars and emissions. So it's become, in everyone's mind, it's a green tax. What I'm wondering is why don't uh, Labour come out and say, look, this is a necessary policy, for instance, on ULES. It doesn't affect every car and there's a compensation scheme. It seems to me that it's kind of all... Everybody in Uxbridge thinks that if they drive any form of vehicle... They will be every time they move it, it will be twelve pounds fifty. But that isn't the case, right? So I do think that that the mayor's office has completely messed up all of the communications on this because I, I live in Orpington, which is another part of outer London that's about to get the ULE zone. I have heard nothing mm. from uh, from the mayor's office on this at all. In fact, I only learned about it sitting in the House of Commons, listening to my MP talking about it, and I thought, well. That- that sounds like that might. I I ought to go and check whether my car. I thought you know, because the other thing about living in outer London is the reason that we drive more in outer London is public transport is not very good unless you're going into. If, if you want to do anything that isn't on a straight line into in my you know, of London. between Charing Cross and Sevenoaks, you're in trouble. So, uh, so, but the mayor's office has sort of decided that this won't affect most people. So they're sort of not going to talk about it. Yeah, and therefore the only people who are talking about it are the Conservatives, and you're allowing your opposition to define your policy which is bad politics yes it seems very odd because also it seems like because of Uxbridge which I do think is a bit odd because it'd be really surprising if Labour won Uxbridge anyway they thought they were going to win Uxbridge and they didn't and they've decided it's all because of ULES and so now Keir Starmer and everybody at the top of the Labour Party are kind of putting pressure on Sadiq Khan there's loads of seats. Who cares about Oxbridge? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Let them have it. I just can't get my head. Have you been to Oxbridge? I, like, no offence if you live in Oxbridge, but it's all right. It's just, it's far, like, I just don't understand. I can't go back. First of all, they ate up the majority. So it's not a, it's not a massive majority anymore. There's a load of people who voted for Boris Johnson. We don't want you anyway voting for all. You know, it's just, mm. really, I just think it's, re- I, fa- I find it fascinating the way Labour is constantly doing really well and they say, no, 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 we don't want to scare the, the people who don't like us. Like, they don't like Thank you. Okay, like they don't want to vote for you. They, you, you, you had a, you had, they had a. For me, the by-election results were really good for Labour. They didn't have to be like, oh, we could have had Uxbridge. They could have said, they could have said, we had really good results and we almost got Uxbridge. It's fine. There's so many seats in Parliament. Get a majority of. 200 instead of 199. Do you not think that there's also a lot of people out there who are, you know, who look at roads and who look at everything and say, actually, climate change is really important and they could be very easily Tories and they could be very easily Labour. They could be everybody who said, well, we really need a good green policy. And then they look over there and they think Labour's checking out their green policies and the Tories are checking out their green policies. You know what? I'm going to vote green. You know what I mean? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? You can actually say the ULEZ could be made fairer and still understand that air pollution is a huge problem in, in the UK. Don't forget, a couple of years ago, the first death to be recorded officially through air pollution was recorded, right? So this yeah. is a thing. And that was through years and years of legal campaign. And think about all the other people who don't have access to those resources who could have had that recorded as a cause of death as well. Okay, so this is a serious, serious issue. And you can say ULEZ isn't working out for Uxbridge, how can we change it so it does? Not, oh, you know, we want Uxbridge, so every, we would prefer Uxbridge over your lungs. I mean, <laughs> like, I'd rather have my lungs, Kit, personally. <laughs> you know, Uxbridge, you know, we, it's a nice seat, but I'd rather not have asthma. So, you know, let's, let's, 
I understand Keir's approach. He's very much, he's got this kind of acute focus on getting into office. And I understand that because maybe that focus wasn't always there. But for goodness sake, don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. In The Times and elsewhere, there's a story about our favourite Elon Musk changing Twitter's logo from a bluebirdy to, excitingly, an X. So The Times has Musk set to clip Twitter's wings with a new X logo. The Mirror has tweet sorrow. So what happened was that yesterday on Twitter, he tweeted, "Um, if a good enough X logo is posted tomorrow, we'll make it go live worldwide. And also, we're cutting the Twitter logo off the building with blowtorches. So he then projected a new logo of an X on the side of Twitter HQ in the US and put a photo of himself in a velvet jacket because he's that smooth <laughs> making the sign of an X. I mean, this is absolutely ludicrous, isn't it, Athena? Not it's- at all. Not at all. <laughs> X, X is the sexiest of the letters. Do you know what I mean? Think of, it is the sexiest. Think about it. X-Men, X-Factor, Exhibit, the rapper from the, the 90s and the early noughties did very well. Uh, had a cameo in Future Sense video. Um, yeah. Okay, for, but um, also to me, it's slightly like, you know, I mean, it's also slightly porny. Well, exactly. Not slightly. It is porn. You know what I mean. You get off. You get. You go to Brussels on the Eurostar. You get off in the red light district. What you see a whole lot of X's. You know it means sex, and that and that means if it goes on and sex sale, I don't know. It's an X. X. Yeah. You know, and it, X famously makes things sexy, and that's and I. Why isn't it an E? His name is Elon Musk. <laughs> I don't, why is it an E or at least an M yeah. or something? It's just yeah. I it's mean, not very reassuring. I mean, it, it seems very. If I was an investor in Twitter, I just cannot imagine ever being an investor in Twitter. But anyway, imagine I was. If you have a brand that's really recognisable, it's so recognisable that it's become an actual verb to tweet, why would you do this? I mean, it's odd. Then what am I doing when I send a tweet? So I think the best explanation for all of this is that Elon has some kind of massive private bet. Um, (laughs) it's, It's Elon's billions. Basically, yeah. it's how fast yeah. can you lose all of this money? It's like the bumpkin billionaires. He's yeah. got all the money and he just wants to kind of spend it like, and get back to normal. Twitter's new chief executive, Linda Yaccarino, tweeted yesterday about what this new company X will become. Brace yourselves. <laughs> X is the future state of unlimited interactivity centred in audio, video, messaging and payments banking, creating a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services and opportunities. Powered by AI, X will connect all of us in ways we're just beginning to imagine. Heart life. I mean, what is that? I mean, I have... Well, it, it's a... Actually, what it what it is is there's a Chinese thing called WeChat, which is a sort of social media and everything app where it's got it's got social so you can you can broadcast messages, you can send direct messages. That sounds a bit Twitterish, right? But also you can send payments, which is something that that Musk is background is PayPal. That's something he sort of he can see that there's a big thing there, and also you can do all kinds of other things. Um, so I I the, I think the thing is we could be the WeChat for bits of the world that aren't China. The problem is they can't even be Twitter at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, he's kind of said, if done right, X will become half of the global financial system. I cannot imagine. I mean, you know, who would give him their money? I mean, you know, you just wouldn't. I just, there's no way I would trust a bank run by Elon Musk. I would never use Twitter to pay 
for anything. I just wouldn't, and I wouldn't accept money from anyone from Twitter. That would be like just giving my four-year-old responsibility for my finances. I wouldn't do it. It feels like it would be infinitely hackable. I feel like I'd, I feel like I'd pay via something with Twitter and the next day there'll be 17 people with my identity. (laughs) Yeah. I I just don't, I just don't see it. I can't, my DMs aren't even secure on Twitter. How can my money be secure? No, no, no way is that happening. In the end, it, you know, having loved Twitter for a very long time, it does feel like it's slightly going down the plug hole, doesn't it? Genuinely, you keep thinking every, about every, it seems to be every Sunday for some reason. There's like, I've, he's found another way to try and drive people to one of his rivals. <gasps> oh, I've just figured it out. Maybe, conversely, he's trying to get us all off online. He wants us all to go outside and touch grass and he knows we won't quit our addiction. So he's making it so bad. It's like watering down your Coke. Yeah, well, uh, what I would say, to be honest, I just think he does it all on a hangover and he just thinks, wait, I'm still partying from the night before. And he puts something out on Twitter and then he feels terrible about it on the Monday. Speaking of someone who is now managing four separate social media accounts, just because because you have to, because if you're a writer, you sort of have to, you have to put your stuff out there somewhere. I don't want to be on Blue Sky. I don't want to be on Threads. I don't want to. Maintaining a Substack is a real pain. <laughs> and you're having to do all of this stuff because you're basically sort of sitting there trying to work out what it is that's going to replace the thing. That worked really were, well. That worked really well. And thanks, Elon. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Now, here at Papercuts, headlines make our day. The silly, the sharp, the funny, the punny, we love them. And speaking of headlines, we've had lots of entries to Friday's Fix the Headline. We gave you a rubbish story from the Metro about how MI6 is using AI to disrupt the flow of weapons to Russia, but that it will still need real-life human secret agents. They went with the factual but very boring MI6 is using AI, but it won't replace 007. And we knew you could do better, and you did. This is what you came up with on Twitter and threads. Stephen Bowen on Twitter gave us AI leaves spies shaken but not stirred. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Rishi B offered spy another day. We like Mm -hmm. that. Gowers Peter on threads suggested spynet. And then Paul O'Neill on Twitter had a couple of goes <laughs> with No Time to AI, pretty good, yep. and Meme Raker. Ben Holmes gave us the frankly excellent On Her Majesty's Secret Server. Yes. yes yep, very, yep, good. Yep, very good. But the winner is Sarah Iveson with the excellent I Spy with My Little AI. 
Hey. Uh, nice. yeah, no. Very good. Yeah. Congratulations, Sarah. A brand spanking new and exclusive paper cuts t shirt will be winging its way to you very soon, and we'll have another fixer headlines conundrum for you on Friday's show. So let's see how the real papers have managed today. What great headlines do we have? Athena, what do you have? Okay, this one's from the Metro. Bird hatched from supermarket egg has become a fully fledged part of the family. Love a duck. Oh, oh, I love that. Well done, the Metro. We've, yeah. we've been a bit horrible at your headlines, but that one's a good one. In the sun, um, Cher is starting a new ice cream brand. Ice got you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, very good. What have you got, Rob? I've got the exciting uh, story that a, a corn snake was uh, spotted on a train uh, service between Leeds and Shipley. Um, the uh, star has gone with the straightforward but classic snakes on a train. Very good. And the male, uh, noticing that the the in the picture, it very much looks like the the the, uh, the snake is about to get off, um, <laughs> has gone for this is my stop. <laughs> Let's talk cricket, shall we? Oh. <laughs> Come on, Rob. Ashes to splashes with the stars headline. The sun had that so unfair. And there's a big picture of the uh, England captain who is a redhead called uh, Ben Stokes, looking like Prince Harry at an Oasis concert, and a light blue bucket hat and cagoule. Apparently, traditional Mancunian summer weather, i.e. pouring rain, has ruined England's ashes chances. Boo-hoo-hoo, Rob. Do you want to explain what's going on? Look, <laughs> so I spend my life explaining this, explaining this in my house. So, so first of all, test matches go over five days. Yeah. Over the course of each day, you break for not just for sort of water breaks, but you break for lunch and for tea, so yeah. the players can have a little sit down. Uh, it's a very civilized game, and um, also it's a it's a highly competitive sport in which it's incredibly easy to have a draw. If, for instance, the last day and a half are rained off. Yep. So uh, that's just that's how God ordained cricket to be. There is no other possible way that you could approach this. And we just have to accept that sometimes uh, we tune into Test Match Special every half an hour to listen to them say, well, it's still raining here at Old Trafford. Okay, can I just say, as somebody who grew up near Manchester... I could have predicted this. <laughs> Plus, there are weather apps. I mean, it said it was going to rain all day Sunday and it was going to start about lunchtime. My question is, why didn't they start earlier? And why didn't they play later on the day before? And why did they stop for tea? I just think that that just shows that you don't understand cricket. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you, you, you can't start earlier. You can't start earlier than 11 Because, no, well, no. No, you can't. That's that's just you can't. And you have to stop for lunch and you have to stop for tea and that's just how it is. What about the new type of cricket, the one where they all dress as crisp packets and it only lasts a day? That one's great. I like that one. I I have to say my children much prefer that one. That's called the hundred, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're very excited about that. That is that they but I mean but they have five balls and over. I mean, how can that how can you accept that? That I don't like, but I mean but it does divide into a hundred a bit better. I do and but what I also didn't understand is why couldn't they just add an extra day? on the end 
This is like, the way. Well, actually, this, this is interesting because, because, because it's not. This is this is not the way that God ordained. In the olden days, they used to just keep playing test matches until they got to a conclusion. So, in fact, the five. I I, I I'm very upset about this. Okay, <laughs> but, 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 what's crazy? And I'm tired of having to explain it to people because this is just how cricket is. But all right? what was for lunch? This is what I'm dying to know. Like, what was it? Because it, if it was like really nice I'd yeah. be like, okay proper Sunday roast yeah. you know it's I, just going to be some rubbish cucumber sandwich it always used to be cucumber sandwiches for tea and lunch when I in the days <laughs> when I I was playing but <laughs> was it pret was it a good pret lunch this is this is before pret. oh this is yeah. <laughs> homemade by the the lady wives mothers <laughs> first the bad news SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Now, the papers aren't just holidays from hell and political bad takes. They're also a snapshot of what's going on in fashion, food, sport, shoes, and of course, lifestyle, whatever that is. What have we spotted? Athena, what do you have? Oh, I've seen something lovely in the star. Uh, the headline is, Gimp Mask Ado About Nothing. <laughs> this is a, a wonderful story about a man who went to see a matinee, com- uh, who went to see a matinee at the Globe of the Comedy of Errors, and he went in a full latex gimp suit. Uh, it was in dark blue, so it must be his work suit. And not his- <laughs> Look, usual it's very hard being suit. a man in the twenty first century. Okay, <laughs> just just give us a break. <laughs> it's hard to get it right, isn't it? They weren't. I don't believe it. They were ankle swingers. I think they were. It was a full length uh, uh, gimp suit with start- mask and everything, with a mask and everything. Obviously, I can see belt bits and all kinds of metal bits and a lovely red, red stripe looks a bit like Thriller, the Michael Jackson Thriller bit uh, thing that he was wearing, but just um, kinkier. <laughs> uh, staff were worried he might be too hot because, you know, it's it's pleather, uh, all leather. Uh, you can't tell from the picture. It looks very shiny, so it looks like it's pleather. They thought he might be too hot, um, but he was fine. Now, an audience member complained because her child might see the man. Um, heads up, if that man is in the audience of the Globe, your child will see him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he will stand out. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this is, you know, a, a, a mother was, oh, my God, uh, my child can't see this. But, you know, just, just say to your child, it's a man who likes Black Panther and he's in... <laughs> He's in cosplay and it's fine. It like, seems very odd to me because in London you do see, I mean, actually everywhere in the country, you see all sorts of kind of looks, don't you? Why would you kind of be, it seems to be that the papers are slightly prodding the you are a bad parent button, aren't they? You know, like if you see this, you know, you, you, you've you let your child down. Somehow. Oh, no. So you're a bad parent if your child hasn't seen that. Um, <laughs> but I just, you'll see worse on the internet, you know? So if, if you think that's the threat to your children, like pick up a phone and scroll. We just want to say that the mail had a great headline here which is your bard 
Excellent. Okay, Rob, you have a story, a nice, quite a, a nice story, I thought, about the Beano. So this is a kind of a little drawing back the window on on how on how the papers are made. So that if you look in all of today's Monday papers, there are versions of the story about the Beano, the 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 star. Is that the star or the sun you've got there? Yeah, that, the mirror, the, the star, the mirror, the, the class of twenty twenty three, and it's all about how the Beano has been given a modern makeover. The transformation sees the Bash Street kids, which had remained untouched for seven, decora- seven decades, joined by five new pupils, Harsha, Mendy, Khadija, Mahira and Stevie Starr, to reflect the demographics of modern Britain. And actually, what's, what's slightly baffling about this, if you're in a house that has the Beano delivered, which I think both you and I until quite recently were, is that these characters have been, been, there, been, for been, ages. been there for ages. Yeah. And, and you might be wondering, well... How has this happened? And how this has happened is that yesterday in the Sunday Times, there was a longish feature, which was obviously the Beano had done, had sort of done some publicity for their 85th anniversary. And the Sunday Times obviously sort of looked at this and thought, well, the best line out of this is the way that they keep changing. But it's been written, I don't, it's been written in a way that makes it sound like yesterday you know the the beano was had sort of racist cartoons on the front page and tomorrow it's got kids in wheelchairs and uh it's it's all a handbrake this is not how the this is not how the beano has worked they they have they have been as as indeed actually if you read down in this article it says they have always been constantly updating but what's happened is the sunday times story has has caught the attention of news editors who have all then on sort of on a quiet quietest Sunday afternoon have then instructed the reporter can you just can you just write a version of this and this story has become as it actually interestingly in the mail dull sensors help update the Beano because one of the companies that that is that helps the Beano do this is an outfit called Inclusive Minds which if it's familiar if it's familiar to most people is because when Puffin who are the publishers of the Royal Dahl books which had also been undergoing a state of constant revision for decades because some of the stuff that he wrote originally is was quite bad. Ah. Yeah. When the Telegraph noticed, Puffin essentially shoved the blame onto this outfit, Inclusive Minds. All this, what Inclusive Minds do is they will put you in touch. If you're writing about someone with autism or... Or a culture that or, is not or, yours. Or a culture that is not your culture. They will introduce you to somebody from that culture who will say, well, actually, we wouldn't say that. Or, you know, that, that's not quite how it is. You, you ought to fix it. Which is the kind of thing that lots of us who would like to, to write well about other cultures would like to do. And they got completely piled on, as, and they are now dull censors, as it says here in the mail. This is what they... It, actually, the, the Sunday Times piece describes quite well what they do for the Beano which is put Beano writers in touch with people who can explain things that Beano writers don't know about. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's it's sort of, it, it's just an interesting kind of where has this story come from? So everywhere it is described as the Bass Street Kids are, are being updated now. And if you are baffled by that, that's this is why that's Yeah, happened. it's happened very quickly. It's basically the Sunday, uh, the Sunday newspapers, the Sunday editors of the Monday newspapers have read this piece, thought, mm, we'll just bash it in and tell everybody. And they haven't read it properly. <laughs> they literally <laughs> haven't read it properly. And they've just done it really quickly and decided to make it a kind of a woke point. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Rob, 
Thank you. And thanks to Athena. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow Paper Cuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple and a much more fun than a Wet Ashes Sunday review. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Papercuts Show. The links are in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the golfer Brian Harmon has decided to reward himself for his exciting win at the 151st Open this weekend by buying a lovely new tractor. <laughs> it's an orange Kubota M5001 Narrow Series, tractor fans. See you next time. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Athena Cablano and Rob Hutton. The producer was me, Alex Reese, with assistant production from Adam Wright. Designed by James Parrott. Music by Simon Williams. The managing editor was Jacob Jarvis. The executive producer was Martin Boytosh. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. And Papercuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>